0: Welcome to Real Testaments, the messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. So far so good. We have done four classes and in the first class I talked about the fundamentals of leadership. The second class, I talked about leadership mentality, where I talked about the concept of the salt and the light that Jesus said in Matthew chapter five. Then we talked about true leadership. I talked about the characteristics of true leadership. Then number four, I talked about Christ-centered leadership. Before I was talking about, before I started talking about Christ-centered leadership, I did mention the rationale behind the leadership talk that I'm having with you, let me say this, I want to reiterate that. When God started taking me through a journey of the kingdom of God, in short, let me say this, the kingdom of God is a government that is governed by Christ. The kingdom of God is a government or a concept that is governed by Christ. So when God started taking me through a journey on the kingdom of God, One of the things he made me to realize is for me not to be conformed to the system of the world. You know, he first of all touched or changed my mentality to be that. Let me not be conformed to the system of the world. There's already a system in the world. There's already a type of culture in the world. And um, God wanted me not to be used to it. And so he directed my attention. He directed my attention to the word. You know, so he said, I have to be used to the word, not to the world. You know, so what I'm teaching you is not what is in the system of the word. So that is why I'm the kind of person that when you want to get me convinced about something, you don't tell me this is how they do it. For me, that is not a point. It's not a valid point at all. The fact that they did it like this last year or two years ago or 1960 or 1980 doesn't mean that it should be a valid point for how it should be done. So if you tell me God said this is how we should do it, for me... You have just hit me below the belt. You know, so one of the things God taught me is that I should be more concerned about what he says to me. Not what he said before, but what he's saying now. The current thing. Right? The world is used to a system that has been packaged. And so we need to follow it. So I'm not saying the system of the world is bad. No, it's okay. If God allows you to go through it, that's fine. But what is important is that we have to go through a system that is governed by Christ. So what I'm trying to share with you, if you look at all the examples I'm giving, I'm not giving, like I've said, I've read a lot of leadership books, you know, I mean, I don't want to call names here, give glory to any guy, but I've read a couple of leadership books, blessed my life so well. But... To be honest with you, the best leadership book that I've read, or the best character on leadership that I've read, is Jesus. So when I just oppose it with the lifestyle of Jesus, and I, I realize that, come on, man, the difference is just too wide. There was something about Jesus that is, I cannot just, you can't just grab like this and say, yes. You know what I mean, grab. You cannot just, you know, put in full context you know he's, jesus is big is broad is full of a lot of things you know so the idea is to follow christ as the leadership character that's the whole idea as the leadership idea for example there recently there was an action i wanted to take i saw that i didn't first of all i didn't know that my flesh was taking the hold of me i wanted to take an action but a lot of sudden something say hold on I mean, hold on and listen, wait for a while. And I waited, and I said, how will Christ handle this matter? And immediately, immediately I tuned to the philosophy of Christ. A different strategy just came on board. I said, wow, this is great. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, that's what I mean. So, what I'm saying, why I'm saying this is that if you want to take what I'm saying, you want to use it to compare with all the great guys in the world have spoken about leadership, uh, you, may not, you, you may not find it in those books or you may not find it in those tapes, but I'm very convinced that you will find it in the scriptures, okay? Very convinced about that. So let's talk about the, the servant leadership, and um, today, let's read the book of Matthew. Servant leadership, the book of Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. How many of you study the Bible here? You truly, truly study the Bible, not because you come on a Sunday morning, you open the Bible either on your app, on your phone app, or on the um, the book. How many of you, can I see your hands up? You study the Bible. Oh, great. Quite a good number. So, I want to advise again, please read the Gospels according to, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels that spoke about Jesus. In short, I want you to do a full study on the character of Christ. Um, I see people preach and they give glory to the character of Moses and David and Jacob, Joseph, and all those guys. With all due respect to them, they did not have the Holy Ghost in full. They were not led by the Holy Ghost. They were led by the instruction of God. They were led by the status that they met on ground. Jesus is the beginning and the end of the law. Those are some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you on, in my sermon this morning. It's the beginning and the end of the law. Jesus was God personified. Check it out. Jesus is the only guy on earth that was not fertilized by the spermatozoa of another man. He was fertilized by the spermatozoa of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is the full representation of God on earth. Let's use him as our role model. Not people who at some point you know i don't know but what i'm saying is let's read the gospels according to Matthew according to Mark according to Luke and according to John then dovetail into acts my god what god did with paul with peter with james it was mind boggling dovetail into that you just see your your life taking a new turn So please, if we can do that before the end of the year, I will be really glad. I want you to call me and tell me, Pastor, I I just read something in the book of Luke about Christ, and I want us to discuss it. I will be more than happy. In short, I want to begin to have discussions after service for people to knock on my door and say, Pastor, I want to discuss something I read in the book of Matthew with you. I will jump up on my feet. That's the kind of church I want to have people who will come and discuss matters that has to do with Christ with me. I'm more interested in those kind of discussions. I'm interested in every discussion, though, but if you tell me, let's discuss about Christ, I will be very happy. Or there's something you don't understand, you want us to decipher together, we'll sit down together, or you say, Pastor, the message you preached, you know, that's not the way I understand it. I'll be very happy. I know that it takes a while even me, it took me a while before I started blending with what God was teaching me. It took me a while. But it's fine. I, I, I don't, uh, somebody has come to meet me before, say, Pastor, I don't agree with your theology. And I say, it's fine. I mean, I don't have an issue with that. You don't need to agree with, my, with what I preach. There's no big deal about that. You know? So there are some revelations that you don't, you don't understand, so you don't agree with it. It's a matter of time. After a while, oh, you say, oh, this was what this person was sharing the other day, it's fine. But it also shows honesty and sincerity for you to open up to say, okay, what you said, I do not agree with it. But not in form of bitterness or fights or confrontation, no, but in terms of openness and um, sincerity, I, I like such conversations. So servant leadership, first of all, I defined leadership as leadership is giving direction, guidance, and inspiration and solution to things and people, to things and people, very powerful words there, to things and people, which is for the betterment, development of the environment, situation, circumstance, organization, and community. So the key words in leadership are number one, direction, number two, guidance, and number three, inspiration, and number four, solution. So leaders are supposed to deliver on these four nuances. So if you are not, if you say you are a leader, and you are not giving direction, you are not giving guidance, you are not giving inspiration, you are not giving solution. Then you are not a leader. For example, the, the third one, inspiration, it means light. For if somebody is not able to do something, and you inspire the person, you give the person light, you show the person why he should move on in life. I mean, it shows that you are a leader, not that somebody wants to kill himself. You are encouraging the person to die. No. If somebody wants to commit suicide, and you now give the person a reason to continue living, and the person changes his mind or her mind, you have shown some level of leadership. So, like I did say in the first class, leadership is not about position. We are used to positional leadership. I am Pastor Richard Kakulu, Senior Pastor Church for Real. I am Pastor Kingsley Bede, Head Services Coordinator. Um, you know, services directorates, head of services directorate in for you. I am the man of this house. I am the man that married you in this house. You are my children. Everybody must report to me. What I say is final. <laughs> you know, So we like positions. I am the governor of this state. I am the president. We like all those are positional leadership that may not be influential. So there are different types of leadership. Number one is influential leadership influential. Jesus was not a political leader, but he was more powerful than a lot of people in town because of influence. Now, how do you express influence? You express influence, number one, which is very important. I'm going to share in this seven leadership. You express influence by loving people, very key. You to love them. Love people and meet their needs. For you to meet the need of people, you need to first of all love them. You see scripture says Jesus had compassion on people. You know, he was loved everywhere. Look at the guy that Jesus, you know, touched his eyes and he started seeing. Wow, for the first time he was seeing. He was happy. And it was a Sabbath day that Jesus did that miracle. And when, when um, you know, when they came to him and they said, Ah, Alpha, Why are you leaving? He said, Jesus said, I should leave. The man, you know, he didn't know Jesus' name, but he said, I should leave. Look at the guy he did miracle for the, um, by the, the, the pool, similar to the guy he healed his eyes. The Bible says everywhere he went, great multitude, crowd followed him. Nobody followed the Jewish people, the Sahindrins and the Pharisees like that. Those were the positional leaders. Nobody followed, who cares about, you, you hear things like, with, who position help? Who cares if you are a pastor of church for you when you don't care about people? Who cares if you are head of services coordination um, services directorate? If uh, you don't have influence, who cares about that? Who cares about position? Positional leadership. I mean also people who have you know, you, I remember in those days when I was pastor on campus, there was my I had a he's a Lagos now, a big guy who who was very tough. Very tough. I liked, I liked him. I'm a fantastic guy, very tough and you know, no nonsense guy. And uh, I heard one of, uh, my, one of my leaders, he was having a confrontation, one of my leaders were arguing. And uh, well, that one I told him, make I tell you, make I tell you, I'm you not the first secretary, no, people don't do this secretary pass. And the, this my secretary, secretary general felt hot. And he came to tell me, and I told him, relax, I just calm the situation down. <laughs> you know, so what the other guy was trying to let him know, this is not position, no. One day you go hand over, you go become like every other member for fellowship. You know, so when you when you take positional leadership as the cocoa, you have missed it. You have missed it. Influential leadership is very vital. And for you to express influential leadership, you need to first of all love people. When you love people, you need to start meeting their needs, not for your sake. But because of the love that you have for them. God told me something recently. said, the proof that you love me is that you love people. How I know that you love me is that you love people. So, I so love the world that I gave my son to the world. So, if you love me, you have to also give because giving is part of my nature. So, another type of leadership which I'm going to talk about today because I'm I'm actually not in the realm of talking about types of leadership, but I just felt, as you mentioned, another type of leadership is servant leadership. What is servant leadership? Servant leadership is about service, not about being served. So if you look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus said, Anytime Jesus says anything, I usually take it very seriously. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus got talking. He said, I didn't come for you to serve me. I came to serve you, right? I didn't come for you to serve me. I came to serve you. The word serve is from the Greek word called diakonos. Diakonos is the word that is translated attendant. You know, when you go to a restaurant and uh, you see a waiter, or what do they call those guys? They're actually ministers. They are ministering to you. In short, some very big restaurant, eh? you know, one person. You know, some restaurants you go, you see one person or two persons serving two or three tables, right? You know? But the very big restaurant, one person per table, the guy is at your service or the lady is at your service. Anything you need, just call. I'm here to serve you. That's actually the implication. They wear their uniform and they wear dress. They come at your table. You need water? They give it to you. You need a drink? They give it to you. You want to use the restroom? They direct you to where you can use the restroom. They are at your service. If you are going to stay in that restaurant for three hours, they will be there at your service for three hours. So that's where that word came from, diakonos. Diakonos is somebody who is attending to another person. You are serving. So when we talk about servant leadership, you are saying, the Bible is saying you are a servant. You are giving service to people. This is is deep. You are not waiting for people to serve you. You are the one serving people. So that is why you see a Jesus can live where he is and he will be going on visitation. Listen to this. This is deep, because you see, your mindset controls what you do. You are a product of how you think. If you know how Jesus is thinking, you will know the reason he did the things he did. Now, listen to this. Why did, um, when um, Lazarus was sick, why did they send for him? Now, let me ask you a question. We told you respect. How many pastors today who are pastoring mega churches can their members send for and say, come to my house, my child is sick. How many of them will leave their high horses and enter their cars or their car or enter as the case may be and drive to where that member is or the hospital where that member is and actually minister? It's, I don't know, maybe some pastors are different who are on, at that level, fine. But you see, it is the way you think that governs what you do. If you feel that ah, at this level, I shouldn't be doing that type of ministration. I mean, I've passed that level now. I've passed that level. I've passed that level. Jesus never passed that level. Jesus never passed the concept of servant leadership. He never did that. Diaconus, you are a you are an attendant, attending to people's needs. So imagine yourself in May and then, for example, you are, you tell yourself, I am a servant. I am born to serve. Jesus said you are bought with a price. It means that you are no longer yourself. The life you live now is the life of Christ. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The life you have is not your life. So when I hear people say, how dare he talk to me like this? How dare he deserve it? You are just full of yourself. So, like I said, you come and you begin to think and say, wow, I am supposed to serve. I'm supposed to serve people. So, every single member, every member of Singles Fellowship, I'm supposed to serve them. So, you give a call to one of them and say, how are you doing today? Hope everything is fine. I heard you lost your job. I am coming to your house. And you go to the house of the, the, um, that member who is a member of Singles Fellowship, and you come with maybe a pot of soup or a you know, maybe with cash or something, and you say, we are with you all the way. You've lost your job, but the singles fellowship is with you. Anything you need, let me know. And you leave, drop it on that table. So it's not for you to be expecting that the member will be looking for your house. Listen to this. They say, now, person we want something. I hand the long pass B." That's the philosophy of the world. In this philosophy of the kingdom, now the person we want gives something, and they reach out to the person we need them. That's the philosophy of the kingdom. The philosophy of the world says that person we want something, so you will we want welfare. Come to my house and take it. After all, make I suffer you small. But Jesus said, I didn't come for you to serve me. I came So that I will serve you. Tell me your house address and I will come and give you what you want. That's why the Bible says he went about doing good. He was moving, he was moving. He was moving, doing good. Tell me who who came to see Jesus. It's only one person I recognize that Nicodemus and he only didn't come for anything. Came to understand what Jesus was saying. When he said, Nobody can do all these things you are doing, except God be with the person. And Jesus started talking about the concept of being born again. A man came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. Where is your place? I'm coming to meet you. Jesus said, ah, foxes and animals, they have where to stay. The Son of Man does not have where to stay. Don't worry. Now me, now I will come meet you. Diakonos, diakonos is to be an attendant, to wait upon, to wait on people. Let me tell you one of, the, one of the ways the devil is so smart. God took me through a journey on how the devil operates. That is why it's difficult for me to fall into certain temptations because I know how he works. Took me a journey into how the devil operates. The devil pushes people, loads people with demands and needs. And you... Push a lot of needs on them. They are so overwhelmed and bogged with the issues of life that they cannot even think about the next person. It's a selfish world. So you ask yourself, Me will never stand first. Me will never even get body. My body still, they try to stand. Why I go think about the next person? It's, it's a philosophy of the world. The world is selfish. The world is selfish, but Jesus didn't think that way. He didn't think that way. Let's be real. So we all have issues that we are contending with. Let me tell you, how you know that you are operating at a different pedestal is that you don't have or you don't have enough. For example, you have 20,000 and somebody says, Pastor, I need money. I've not eaten for five days, or I've not paid this, I've not paid that. And out of the 20K that you have, you share it into two, and you say, have this 10. Have this 10. When your food is not even enough to go around for you and your family, you see, say, let's share it. Let's share it for people who don't have as well. So what the devil does is to, bug you, overwhelm you with issues of life, and at the end of the day, you are not able to attend. You are not able to do the work of an attendant. (laughs) You are not able to do it. That's exactly what happens. He said, you are like a waiter. This is the mentality of Christ. That is why he went about seeking whom to serve. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. Jesus was looking for the person to serve. So, but today, structure and position has made it such that serving is easy. It's easy. You belong to a local church. You can serve. You are a leader. Almost everybody here is a leader. If you are not a leader, all the way, you are a worker. So, serving is easy. You belong to a local church. You have a position. I mean, the people, people who are reporting to you serve them. I cannot remember the last time I complained as pastor. I'm your pastor here. I'm saying, ah, they are not even calling me. You call me, you don't come, it's none of my business. I don't have a problem with that. During the week, somebody, a member, called me and said, Pastor, please, I want to discuss with you. I don't have air time. Can you call me back? Say, sure, there's no big deal about that. And the person called the phone, and I called the person. We spoke for a while servant leadership. I spoke for a while, and I was able to resolve the problem. A few days later, I got a text from him, and he said, wow, thank you, Pastor. What you said helped my life. You see, when you get to heaven, God will not ask you how many degrees you got. God will not ask you how, many, how much was in your bank account when you were leaving Earth. He's going to ask you two things. How you use the gift that he gave to you through Christ. I've been privileged in my life to see dead people. I don't have phobia for dead people. I know some of you cannot even see coughing, let alone seeing a dead person. And I, I saw the nothingness in life. I said, as soon I as heard it he end, just like that. In short, the day I entered the morgue to pick my mother's body, as I entered big morgue UBTH, as I enter, I saw people lying naked on the ground. Because where they kept my mother's body was, you know, good place, so it was still freezing, and so they brought her out and put it on the slab, and say, and they asked me, "Is this your mother?" I said, "I looked, yeah, she, she's the one." There's a lady that passed on a few years ago, and uh, before they put her in the morgue, I had to—I I just got to the hospital, and uh, I heard the news that the person has passed on. So I got to the hospital. As I got to the hospital. Uh, they've wrapped her, and they wanted to put her in the morgue. I, I pleaded with the, um, the fellow pastor was there with me. I pleaded with the attendant, please, can we please see her? The guy was rested; he was not uh, fully ready. But at the end of the day, he obeyed because we told him I was the pastor and all of that. So. I saw the the, the dead person. I mean, that's all. The person standing beside me was saying, that's all about life. That's all. That's all. There's nothing in this world. There's nothing. To be honest with you, there is nothing. That does not mean you shouldn't drive your dreams. You have to, but it has to be connected to Christ. Everything is a true Christ. That's the truth. It's true, Christ. If you detach yourself from Christ, you are making a big error. I posted something on my timeline, on my um, WhatsApp group. I'm not a social media junkie. I don't have power for that. God will help me. And I put something on my WhatsApp status. I said, every message or doctrine that does not point people to Christ is false. One of the characteristics of a false prophet, he points people to himself. I am the center of attraction. But a genuine prophet points people to God or to Christ. That's it. Any message or doctrine that does not point people to Christ is a false doctrine or a false message. So we need to attend to people. So what scripture did I say we're going to read? Matthew 18. Yes, Matthew 18. Let's read verse 3. I want to show you something there. I know some of you know that scripture. It says, And said, Assuredly, I say to you, Unless you are converted, the word converted means unless you change your mind. That's what it means. If you read that place, in you another know, translation it's talking about, Except you change your mind the way you think, and become as little children, you by no means enter kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. So what he was saying, little children are small, they are young, they don't think anything bad. Jesus was saying, you know, these little ones are humble. They are humble. So Jesus was saying, this is servant leadership. You have to humble yourself like a child, right? That is the characteristic of a candidate of the kingdom of heaven. So for you to know someone who is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, the person is humble, is humble in the mind, 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 mind. So you you, you see a child, Jesus is saying, think like this child. The way this child is thinking, think like this child. You hurt a child, the next moment the child is coming back to you to say, "Ah, uh, give me biscuits, I want biscuits. How many adults do you hurt and they still come back to you? In short, they keep it in their mind for years. Jesus is saying the way a child is thinking, think like that. So in servant leadership, you are not thinking about what has affected you. You are thinking about how you can get closer the more to the next person because you need to serve. So what the devil does, the devil knows that if you are offended, you will not serve. The devil knows that if you are hot, you will not serve. So what he does is to, he will continue to make people to offend you. A lot of people have left church because they are offended. They are not serving. A lot of people are in church because they are offended. They are still not serving. Do you get it now? Those are the tricks of the enemy. So the devil knows that if people offend you, you will not, you detach, you will not serve. So he will continue to make people to offend you. Why do you think people offend you? You think it's for yourself? So that you will not do ministry. What is ministry? Ministry is service. So servant leadership is about you attending to the next person. Like a waiter at your service, sir. Anything I can do for you? Are you okay? Okay. At your service, sir. Are you sure you are okay today? <laughs> can <you tell> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now let's quickly read Matthew 9.38, my time is running. Matthew 9.38, servant leadership is about service. Matthew 9.38, he says, then he said, I'm reading 37, he said, On to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 38, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send that laborers into his harvest. What we need are laborers. What God needs are laborers, people who want to labor. The word laborer is from the word workers. And actually, the breakdown of that word means to toil, to labor, to toil. In short, there's a translation that uses the word field worker. You are a field worker. You are, in short, from the original Greek, you are inside the field, labor, sweating it out. You are sweating it out like this. <laughs> what field are you in? The field of the gospel. Sweating it out, see how so, uh, poor suffered. That that kind that kind of sweating out. <laughs> Shipwrecked, a lot of issues. He was beaten. You know, there's no persecution in Nigeria. Some of you are not even witnessing any persecution at all. You are still depressed. You are not. You are not able to do what you are supposed. To. You are not in the right frame of everything is fine. Everything is ideally is fine. You are not being persecuted for what you believe. You are being persecuted for maybe something that you didn't do well or something. (laughs) You get the point. But people are still having issues. Despite that, you are not attending to your real work. So what Jesus said is, let's pray for laborers, workers, people who will be sweating out in the field be sweating out in the field this is deep this mindset is changing my lifestyle recently I was a couple of people under me in, in the office so I came and I said are you guys okay everybody okay say fine and a certain lady said pastor and he said oh okay, god I'm not okay bro. you know I said what's the problem she was just she started saying a few things talk here, talk here. I said, okay, no problem, see me, let's talk about it. And she came to my desk and she sat down and we started talking. And I was able to counsel her. Give her the word. She asked me some very key questions about issues of life. With the wisdom of God, I was able to counsel her. Let me tell you something. Don't let sin I repeat, don't let sin or sinners irritate you. Sinners, publicans, tax collectors, they did not, prostitutes, they did not irritate Jesus. Why is he irritating you? There are some people that, that are not getting close to you or you are not get, they, they want to get close to you, but you are running away. You are running away from them. You are supposed to attend to such people. Jesus attended to prostitutes, to drunkards, to tax collectors, to publicans while he sat down. Check this out. Listen, don't be too holy that sinners are afraid of you. No, no, no. It's not, it's not nice. Jesus sat down. In the, in the Bible says he was in the house of Simon the leper, he was in a leper's house, a leper. He sat down. This is servant leadership. He was in a servant, a a leper's house, and a lady termed as a prostitute came and was worshipping him. And he said, if this man was a clean man, he would have drove this lady away. That is the philosophy of the world. That is the lifestyle of the world. But Jesus said, I am a servant. I came to to serve, not to be served. So as far as Jesus was concerned, he came to serve that prostitute. He came to serve Simon, who was a leper. He came to serve that widow who didn't have a husband. He came to serve. Let's. People who don't have direction in life, who don't have a reason to live anymore, let them come and meet you and say, Please, can I be your friend? Glory to God, you can be my friend. Not say, God forbid. Not forbid. You want them to think, Me and you, we are of the same flock. We we reason together. I cannot be reasoning with you. You You're not running away. How can they change? How can they change? How can they change? They cannot change. Who's going to change them? Who's going to change them? Hallelujah. So servant leadership is about attendance. It's about service. It's about humbling yourself to serve people. As I coast home, let me give you the characteristics of servant leadership. Number one, it's in the mind, just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter Chapter 19, about that of the kids. It's in the mind. So it must start from the mind the way you think. Servant leadership starts from the mind. Number two is about humility. Jesus Christ said, Humble yourself like these children. If you are not humble, you can really not do anything. Humility is very key. Jesus is one of the most humble persons that I've ever seen. For example, when he was living, he took toil and water, and started washing the feet of the disciples. And Peter said, Master, you are my master. You cannot wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. And Jesus was teaching them the concept of humility. Jesus was indirectly saying, or directly saying, I am the one serving you now. And he said, when I leave, this is how you should serve each other. This is how you should serve each other. We are supposed to serve each other. I cannot hear that Pastor Patrick has an issue. He said, after all, I't put himself for the problem. How many of you here? Okay, let me put it this way. One of the ways to serve is to pray for people. Are you aware of that? It's to pray for people. If you take a whole one week, seven days, and you say, this week I will not pray for myself, on things I need. In your quiet time, you are praying for Pastor Kinsley, Father, in the name of Jesus. That contract that Pastor Kinsley is pursuing, let it work. Or you, you look for couples in the, in the church, maybe they're having issues, you've heard information. When an information gets to you, it's not for you to gossip with it. It's for you to Pray. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, that couple in Jesus' name, they will not separate. That lady that is expecting that husband, is, the, the husband is coming back. That man that the wife does not have a job, let the job come. You are, you are serving the person. You are serving the person in prayers. But look at the philosophy of the world. The philosophy of the world, they will receive information and say, yeah, that's serving right. They will take that information and go to the next house and say, have you heard? Hey, have you heard that Pastor Patrick has this? have you heard? Hey. It's gossip. It's the philosophy of the world. Now, for example, the Bible says, tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the street of Askelon. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. Let they triumph. When the news came to David that Saul and his sons were, were killed and Jonathan... He rented his garments. That's one of the qualities of David that you cannot fought. He rented his garment. He said, "Wow, how the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perish." We serve each other. How do we serve each other? In prayers, in prayers, we commit ourselves to pray for people. Recently I was praying for a man of God. I was praying for the man of God and God gave me a word for him. God gave me a word last year and I did not deliver the word. And this time I was praying, and God gave me a word. I said, Wow. And God reminded me of the word he gave to me last year that I did not deliver. I said, Okay, this week I'm going to call this person and deliver this message. As I was, I was procrastinating. I was just walking in the office. I heard, I said, You've not, you've not, I don't something, you've not called this person. I said, Wow. In short, I left what I was doing. I picked up my phone and I rang this person up and I delivered the message. I'm just a servant, I'm just a messenger. Whether the person will take the message is none of my business. I have done my work. When you pray for people, you are serving them. You are serving them. We are too selfish. All we care about is ourselves, And so we don't think about people. Number three, it's about service and not serving. It's about service and not being served. That's what I wanted to say. It's about service and not being... You are the one serving people. You are serving them. Number four, it's about working, laboring... And seven, like number four, number three I mean. Number five is about people and not self. Servant leadership is about people. Jesus went about doing good because he was anointed. The anointing in you is for you to do good. What are you doing with the anointing? It's for you to be good to people. It is about sacrifice and not convenience. It is about obedience and not mere words. The true spirit of a leader is found in total obedience and compliance to rules, policies, procedures and instruction. I want to read Matthew chapter 21 verse 28. I think that's the last scripture I'm going to read today. Everything I've read today is from Matthew. So please let's read the gospels according to Matthew, Luke, and um and John. Matthew 21, 28. 21 to Okay, let me read 28. But what do you think, 28, a man had two sons, and he came to the first, and he said, Son, go walk today in my vineyard, 29, and he said, and, and he, he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Did you see that? He said, I will not go. He regretted it later. He had changed his mind, and he now went. Number three, uh, number 30. then he came to the second and said, likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. The first one said, I will not go. But he changed his mind. He changed his mind and he now went. The second one said, I will go. But he did not change his mind. Instead, he did not go. I mean, he, he changed his mind, I mean, and he didn't go. Jesus asked a question. He said, which of the two did the will of the Father? They said to him, the first. So it is not about... Words. It's not about saying, ah, we love you, we are with you, don't worry, this matter, we are, you, you, you've been covered. No, it's about obedience to the word of God. Do you understand that? It's about obeying instruction. Instruction. It's about team spirit, team success, not about self glory and personal success. So if we all win together, that's the spirit of servant leadership. It's not about who gets the glory. It's about the job is done. When you are listening to this, let me puncture your philosophy now. This is the last blow I'm going to give. <laughs> before we won. If you are always in your mind, let me do it so that they will know I am the one that did it. That is not servant leadership. But if you say, let me do it so that we all win together, so that as a church, yes, they will say, yes, we are together. That's that's servant leadership. When it's about you, it's about you, 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 that's the thinking that you have, It's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So Jesus washed the disciples' feet and said, do this. It's about consistency to help and to make people better. Jesus never gave up on Peter, even when Peter was running away from leadership. For example, there are a couple of people who have followed up here. They have given me attitude. What's my own? Jesus. They gave Jesus attitude now. There are people who have, let me be honest with you, they gave Jesus more attitude they call Jesus demon. They call people Jesus' names. Some of you, you stop doing your work as leaders because of the attitude other leaders, other members are giving you, so you have stopped. Listen, this work, if you are not humble, if you are not humble, if you are not humble, eh, <laughs> you will just give up. <laughs> people will discourage you. They will disappoint you. I don't look at people's attitude anymore. I don't. I, why was my, Jesus, that Jesus had a look. <laughs> if I look people's attitude, this is I go do work. I'm not, I'm not interested in people's faces or I look people's faces. I, I won't do work. So Jesus never gave up on Peter. How did Jesus not give up on Peter? When Jesus Christ was killed, I mean, was, he was crucified on the cross and he resurrected. Peter said, I go out fishing. This is the same guy that denied Jesus three times. He now said, I go and fishing. And he was supposed to be the positional leader. He was supposed to be the one to say, our master have gone now. Let us go and start doing the things he taught us. He said, my guy, I don't. Which means the three and a half years that Jesus spent with Peter was a waste. It was a total waste. For him to say, I go out fishing. I'm going back to the trade that I'm used to. It's very difficult for you to change a man's mind, because that's why he's been useful for years, maybe 30-something years. How can you come and teach me something in just three and a half years, and you expect me to to learn it? It's not done. But Jesus came back. Listen to this, Rama. The same Peter, that Jesus, that denied Jesus, and was not willing to carry the work to the next level, Jesus made food. He made food and came I, I, and he brought them and said, come and eat, come and eat. You have some fish there, bring it. How can Jesus entertain people who disappointed him? That's servant leadership. Listen to me. If you are here, you are following up on someone and the person they play you are you. So for example, there's the church member have been engaging Caller, I call him and I go pick. I want to I help him. I actually want to help him. I call I no not go pick. I go, I no not go pick. We send a message. He will not respond. My wife, I went to his house. Give me your address. we go track him for house. He bowed that day. I show. Follow a Water more of everything. Next time, I not go pick. I said, okay, no bother. Next day, I, can, I think yesterday, I now gave him a call. I said, okay, I don't say I, can, I never say, never go pick. I surprised he picked. And they warded him up again. I said, okay. I said, where are you He told me where he was. And I said, okay, no, Allah. how are you going? I'm, I mean, there's, there's, an, there's something I want to engage in, in for his own good. And he opened up and told me a few things. I said, no problem. Listen, we are called to serve. Service is not easy. It's not easy. It's tough. So if there's somebody here who is giving you attitude, reach out to the person again. Jesus never gave up on Peter. Therefore, don't give up on people. Lastly, number 10, servant leadership is about giving. What do you give? Not money is the least of the things we give. If it's money, some people can sell what they have. and Your time, your attention. Your soul, your spirit. Eh? You see... Some persons will get out from a relationship and they feel bad. Have you ever seen somebody who is regretting because of the money they spend? No, they don't regret about money because money will come. Most people regret about the time that they spent. The emotions that they poured in. Their hearts. They always talk about my heart, my heart, my heart. Servant leadership is about giving. Giving. You are in the field. You are sweating it out. It's blood and sweat. Your time is going. Other people are supposed to be running their own show, but you you are here, laboring for the kingdom. It's time. It's time-consuming. Your mental capacity, everything is involved. Your spirit is involved. Your emotions, everything is involved in the work. That's servant leadership. It's not easy. Well, with Christ, all things are possible. Recall what I said. You are an attendant, an attendant is waiting. Any work? How may I be of assistance to you, sir? Oh, no problem. Where's your house, sir? I am coming, sir. At your service, sir. Eh? Here am I. Use me. <laughs> I'm here. Use me. That's servant leadership hallelujah let's have service god bless you this message was brought to you by church of god mission international church for real for more information log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org church for real influence your world